0: We're almost on episode 20 and it's been a fun ride so far. We've had a few guests so far. We've got a few more slated, also coming up to, to record some future episodes. Uh, but I just wanted to put out the an open invite. If you're listening to this podcast and music is important to you or a song is important to you, whether you know Michael and I or not, we would love to be able to have a conversation and break down some music. Uh, please reach out to us, there's a couple different ways. Send us an email. To songswe didn't write at gmail.com, no apostrophe between the N and the T. Again, that's songswe didn't write at gmail.com. Or find me on Instagram. My username is shaggyverses, that's S H A G G Y V S, and you can send me a message through Instagram. We would love to meet with anybody on the planet. So whether we do it in person or over a virtual meeting, um, we've got the ability to record that way as well. So please reach out to us for now enjoy this most recent episode where we break down pride and joy by brandy carlisle Dude, I went sledding today with my kids. And uh I don't go sledding every year, but I should. It is a blast, dude. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because Sully last year we we did go last year and Becky took Sully on a sled. And if you drag your feet on the sled, snow comes up at you. You know, and so sometimes if you're, like, spinning around and you're with a toddler and you're, like, kind of scared you're going to topple over, you might put your feet down to slow down, which is what happened, and it sprayed snow up at him, so he won't get on a sled anymore. So he didn't want to do it, although he played in the snow. That would have been fun. But, uh, uh, dude, getting on a sled with Charlie and Brian at the ages of 12 and 10 and just barreling down a hill, dude, man, it makes being a dad fun.
1: So I've been waiting to say this tonight. For anyone who's listening, (laughs) I've been waiting to compliment Brandon on the microphone because it's worth complimenting. And Becky. Shout out, Becky. You
0: know I think you're awesome. That's Brandon's wife, by the way. Hey, Thanks for shouting it out to her, but she listened to one of these, one of these, because I begged her and I told her that my sister Maddie had a song at the end, so she listened to I Will Follow You Into the Dark. And probably won't listen. He used to say all the bad stuff you want about my wife. She ain't going to listen. Okay. I was about to say, I can't stand Becky. Anyways,
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening, I hung out with Brandon on New Year's Eve night. And I've always, my wife and I are very close with, you know, him and Becky and their family. I, I've always, you know, been very grateful for their parenting style. Very impressed by Brandon as a, husband and a father right it's good to have examples like that in your life but I had a front row seat of some parenting some real deal in the moment it was about 6 six or 6.30 and you were trying to coordinate a zoom game um, they're trying to virtually connect with another family to play quiplash yeah and there were some serious connectivity issues. Yeah. And the family unit started breaking down a little bit. One child was getting very upset. Another one was more despondent. <laughs> another one simply needed something. And then another one was kind of indifferent to the situation. But you were juggling a lot. <laughs> you laugh because you know this was happening. Sounds and, like Tuesday. <laughs> and dude, dude, I'm watching you and like, I, honestly, man, it was amazing how you were able, and Becky, one thing I noticed both of you did where you were very affirming for, like, some of your kids, like, which never happened when I was growing up with, at least from my father, if I was, like, upset or something, you know, it was just, like, you know... Clamp it shut. You know what I mean? <laughs> Feelings, turn those off. We're not doing that right now. So, like, there were times where you're like, okay, you know, I hear you. But then there are other times where you're, like, firm because boundaries need to be laid because things were getting out of control, you know. There was all sorts of stuff going on. And I was like, yeah. I, it gave me a little bit of hope in humanity. <laughs> Honestly. I, for a moment, were I was you like. saying,
0: screw this idea dude, of having kids? Is that what you well, were No, really just thinking? like
1: the world. Like, for a moment, I was like. I think we might be okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I appreciate it, man, because I would say, uh, like any parent would, that has four kids and the oldest is 14, fake it till you make it, baby fake it to you. <laughs> there's a little bit of like oh wait hey I think this worked on Anna Lee when she was 10 let me try it on Charlie real quick <laughs> see if we get the same response nope
1: <laughs> and when Charlie's 20 we'll find out how much damage it costs I know exactly
0: you know, that's just that's just part of the deal dude no, I, I appreciate that but I, I gotta say man sledding is fun because there's also this part of you that can take a snowball and just chuck it like Dwight would at Jim on The Office, yeah. you can do that to your kids and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sledding, man, it's, it's really
1: cool that you said that. I uh, Cameo's wanted to do something... Yeah. Uh, as you know, you granted me my uh, day off on Monday. Thank you very much. Oh. Uh, I'll be putting in a, a time-off form for the next three weeks, by the way. I've noticed me teasing you about vacation is coming up often. I don't have this passive-aggressive want to go on vacation, just so you know. But uh, Monday, she's wanting to go cross-country skiing. And uh, Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, too. yeah. maybe we'll have to wrap in some uh, sledding in there.
0: So Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, let's get to uh, let's get to the song here. You you picked uh, "Pride and Joy," man. Why'd you bring this song to the table?
1: So, Brandi Carlile, I I think is a uh, you know just one of those um, like monumental artists. Uh, and and to me, already and and once once we ran into her and I started looking her up, I'm like, you know, she's just been you know a um, and like a demigod of her, you know, of of her channels of of artistry. But uh, the way she came up is Cameo and I were driving to Culver's and I think someone had told Cameo to listen to a cover that Brandy Carlyle did. And it was one of those things where I think 20 seconds into the song, we we're like kind of, we're looking at each other like, wow, this is fantastic. You know, it just, it hit my heart so so quickly, you know, it just like thudded my chest, um, her voice and, um, the melody of her voice on whatever song it was. So, uh, that night I downloaded an album, got another album like the following day. And so she's just, she's just kind of worked into my repertoire of, of listening.
0: How long ago was that?
1: Man, it wasn't long. It was like a year ago, if that. Oh, okay. very recent. Yeah, yeah, very recent.
0: I actually hadn't heard anything by her until you brought that up, and so I, I, uh, I listened to this song maybe fifteen to twenty times. But I also listened through the album. Dude, there's some powerful stuff on it, man.
1: Yeah, she, it, and it, it's almost like one of those. Um, I think when you consume different forms of of different mediums of art, there comes to be this like challenge almost in for example the concept of you know pop music right I don't think pop music is inherently like bad you know it often gets you know really kind of stomped on but it just so happens that a lot of people use and I've heard you say you know these these you know core you know chord progressions and stuff they use the same tricks right Mm -hmm. and then throw on some cheap lyrics and you know, a multi-million-dollar, you know, record studio, uh, you know, producing it, and and you got hits, right? So that's kind of where pop music gets kind of stomped on. But you know, what the you know Beatles and other classic bands brought in, you know, as a pop model was, it. I think Brandy Carlisle. I don't. I don't think she's a pop artist by any means. People would throw all sorts of you know genre names on there her, right? A, there but, is some but pop there, in there. Yeah, the, there is with with some of the structures of the songs. Sure, yep. So that's one thing I was really fascinated about, like. Early on with her is there were some uh, almost like typical or expected transitions and song structures, but she made it um, just so intriguing in different ways and even especially with
0: her lyrics, which we'll talk about. So, well, I think that's what's kind of cool about um, this track and and really that her her album. Um, well, she has multiple albums, but the the album what's this ghost? Uh, Give up the ghost. Give up I the think. ghost. Sorry, yeah. dude. I, I knew it had ghost in it. I yeah. knew I knew one word. Hey. But uh, what's cool about this album, um, and really her music in general, is that it, it kind of it, a different way that I would explain pop music to somebody could be explained and like it could be used to explain her songs and how that would be is like okay, you can only have so many chord progressions. And you can only have so many chord progressions that sound kind of familiar in the listener's mind and and um, pleasing in the listener's mind. You can't just say you can't just play any random set of four chords and it's going to sound great, right? There's only so many that are going to be recognizable and and really pleasing to somebody's ear. And so if you're going to stay in that lane, the major separator is the voice of the person, and that is why when people talk about artists or listen to music they go right to the voice because we're we're humans and you're connecting with another human in the way that we're talking to each other right now we're connecting and in the way that you can begin to listen to even a podcast and the sound of somebody's voice that you listen to all the time and it becomes recognizable there's this certain feeling of of kind of home with that person and so with pop music in general it's no wonder that there's such a focus on either the timbre of somebody's voice or the way that it sounds or how much control they have is because well really all in all there's only so much you can do with a certain amount of chord progressions now you can also flip that on its head and you have all different styles of drumming that could go along with those that could you know turn it from a from more of like a bluesy to more of like a heavy metal right you could do all that you can take the same kind of chord progression and put a whole different set of you know what what the drummers do and it could be totally different but um, that then you have you know so then you have some artists that are more indie or kind of emo or and and they don't just do progressions you know they have guitar lines and they take it different places and shift between different modes but generally speaking in pop music you're going to be either in you know Ionian or Aeolian mode, you know, you might, you might do other, you know, other different modes, but it's, it's really just, you're either in a minor key or a major key. Let's put it that way. And, and, uh, um, and then the voice is what people get attracted to. And so what's, what is, I mean, what really stands out about this to me is I, I don't think if uh, I think the tone of her voice and there's a, there's a depth to it. There's a little bit of sorrow in it. And um, I don't think I would actually really like this album if her voice didn't have some depth and sorrow to it and and it comes out in her lyrics. And without that, this would be uh, just truthfully speaking, this would be a very uninteresting album to me if her if her voice didn't have that kind of sorrow and, and depth to it then. But it's funny how it turns that into not just okay now, but it's really, really good stuff. I mean, it's very, very good. I don't, I don't, I, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. That's just how my mind. That's how my mind works. It's yeah. even I would actually say that about some Pedro the Lion stuff. And you've heard me fanboy pretty dang hard about David Bazan. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of his songs that, if it wasn't, if, if he wasn't saying what he was saying or singing what he's singing, I don't think I'd really like the music. Right. You know.
1: Yeah no it's and I didn't really know like and we purposely avoided talking about it the other day cuz we knew we were going to chat about it you know and I'm sure we didn't want to cuz this is what we do this is yeah. why we started you know this you know doing this show cuz we love talking about these things but Yeah. I wasn't really sure if you would like it or like it a lot or 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 you know just a little bit um so yeah I don't take you know uh, offense at all. That's cool to you hear that you care really what like I her. Think. Yeah, it should, <laughs> it should
0: be. No, I truthfully, I'm going to pick some songs that you're I'm, and I may have already done it that you maybe don't really like. So no, that I, I'm with you, man. It doesn't matter what I think on these. So her voice,
1: <clears throat> I, I was thinking. Well, I was listening to this song too, and I kind of want to be careful about saying this. And let me go back to with with using the word pop. I I simply use the word pop music as a you know as a, as a hinge so we could just open that door and kind of have that discussion because I'm not huge on genres. I'd really don't like, I'm not much of a genre person. And I remember being annoyed with Josh Scoggin like early on when I became just obsessed with him because there was this one interview and he was kind of being uh, dismissive about this guy just talking about genres. And the guy was kind of trying to pin down like, what kind of music is this? Having that kind of conversation, you know? And I didn't see a whole lot of, I didn't, hear a whole lot of ill intent, you know? So I was like, man, Scoggin, like, why are you? Um, but then I realized, like, I heard so many other interviews of him. And then I realized how um, encapsulating it, it was for people to just say, well, this is the kind of music this is and, and, and what have you. And so artists, you know, it can be very, like, annoying having people just call your music something but at the same time like I wanted to use the word pop exactly what you just said because there's functions in this music that are consistent with you know um pop music but yeah her voice I'm gonna go out on a limb here because there's plenty of exceptions to this rule but when it comes to literature when it comes to writing lyrics and then especially how that sorrowful ache you know how that um like, I just, I just feel like I can feel the life she's lived, you know, and the appreciation and zest she has for every day just in her voice on this song. And I just don't think that can be feigned very well. Maybe. But I just think that sometimes there's lyrics that people write. And, and I think to myself, if they didn't live that, and if that wasn't who
0: they are, don't feel like that would be coming up on the page. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely do. I love I love how you put that. And you know, uh I hadn't heard um John Prine until maybe a week ago when Tyler Wolf had mentioned him and he's like obsessed with him. And I listened and and I fell in love immediately, dude. I absolutely like I listened to two albums in their entirety after he had mentioned it and how you're describing it, 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 it he popped up in my mind because when you hear his voice you hear just the scars of his life in Great his word. voice and and just the, there's no way he could sing about what he's singing about unless he lived it and it's like it, it just so when you when you talked about that it's funny cuz not every voice not not every voice at all will give you that and i think maybe the most popular voice that i can think of that people might say that about would maybe be like johnny cash johnny cash has a voice that you're just like he lived the life that his voice sounds like that to me would maybe be somewhat of the epitome of a voice that's like very well recognized by so many people and it just has that timber to it that's like yep he lived that ache Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, I, lo- I love that because I'll use that later on when you use the word scars. I, I think that's, I think that's fantastic, uh, a fantastic way of saying it. So when I first heard this song, um, I don't know if I cried the first time I heard this song, but definitely by the second and definitely <laughs> many more times. I've had some really spiritual moments to this, to this song. And her melody... The melody of her voice when she just comes in—it just had me before much happened in the song. But also, I'm not a huge fan of—I'm um, not a huge fan of rhyme. But I do like it every once in a while, and especially if it's done well. Um, that that's pretty much goes without saying. But <laughs> <laughs> here, let me try and say that and not sound like a moron. <laughs> You know, I usually don't like rhyme when it's not done well. That's a better way of saying it.
0: I like steak, <laughs> except when it's burned. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel what you what you said. I didn't mean to play along with good. it. I don't, I, I don't feel like you uh, you said that in a way that was dumbed down well, or anything. You should be disappointed in me. So I'm, I'm going to need you to have a higher you could bar better. expectation. You could do better, myself. So, so
1: when, it, when it comes to um, her lyrics... She takes on a very macro, like spiritual approach to this, to this song. She's talking about relatively large concepts, I believe, without talking about scene, right? There's no really characters in here other than the narrator, you know, mentioning this you, right? So, so there, is a, there is an object, right? There is a direct object being sung to at times. Um, but really, other than that, it's, it's just kind of like this self-reflection. And so honestly, I mean, how many times have people written songs and written poems and written stories reflecting about the past, right? So how are we going to do that in a way that is both interesting, um, is palpable, and can really grip someone? And so, I mean, she she ends, I'm going to go straight to the lines. That's the problem with the days. They're never long enough to say what it is you never said, all the books you never read. I throw myself under the wind, hoping somebody might pick me up and carry me again. Dude, when I first heard that, um, that verse, I was just blown away. And to somehow fit in a rhyme and then all the books you never read with um, what it is you never said. I literally talked to Cameo about this multiple times. (laughs) There's, I legitimately get really sad when I think about how many like books out there I'm not going to have read like when I die. Like that's a real, I know that sounds like, probably sounds like someone like trying to sound cool or deep or whatever. That's a real thing because there's only a certain amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's only a certain amount of time to speak with people, you know? And I think we're on, you know, I'm in my, what are you, 35, 36? thirty-six? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. So in our, you know, mid thirties, you know, I, I think the um, how precious time is is just kind of a continuing concept that we're, you know, grasping for for good reasons. So that's obviously a theme in this. And so the way she talks about even simple concepts of how precious time is
0: in such an artistic way intrigues me. I think the first verse what she says before that. I highlighted this and I almost chuckled a little bit when when she has in here, all in all, it wasn't bad. All in all, it wasn't good. But I still care. I just felt like, what a great way to kind of describe almost everything. Almost every day. You know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. But I still care. Like, I mean, I care that it's... the I, She... You can say that and like, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. And just have this uh, this whole like, yeah, whatever. It's just whatever, I guess. But to say the line, it's extra special that she says, but I still care. I love it. It's I love how she put that. I chuckled a little bit because I, I really felt like that was kind of a brilliant, um, it really defines a bit of... A positive person's outlook. It's like, yeah, it wasn't super great. It wasn't really bad, but I, I still care. I mean, I still want to do this. It's not like you know. Oh, I guess it's not going to go anywhere. it's Just take take me out now. You know, dude, I,
1: I got to cut it on that because I love that you pointed that out because that's one of my favorite concepts in this song. And it does start with that line. I didn't. I honestly would have brought that up first, but I had to look up the lyrics. Yeah, and I had the other lyrics already copied on my notes. Her ending that first stanza with, but I still care. Yeah. It brings this sincerity to this song that is so touching, you know, because it gets like real adult and wise real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is not this, you know, victimized, you know, angst. It is not this, you know, I've been done wrong. You know, there, there's all these kind of... um narratives that are really kind of tired for the listener, you know what I mean? At least for me as a listener. So when I hear someone go through things and it's like, to just say, but I still care, man, that, for some reason, it's just so powerful. And I think you're right, the way it pairs with her voice. Perhaps if her voice, you know, had a different timbre and she, you know, gave different inflections when she sang, perhaps it'd be different, but um,
0: anyways. So in this, who who... I'm going to use your term, the narrator, because I love how you, uh, I love how you define the narrator is you, you got to let the artist have room. It's cool. Yeah, it, it, why don't you say, why do you say the narrator again in poetry?
1: Yeah. So I, I was taught that it's important to refer to the speaker in at least in, in poetry and, and really in, in short form literature as the narrator, because it's important to provide artists the space to not be directly spoken through, but to speak through different characters so that so that you're not consistently analyzing the character from the author's value system.
0: See, I, I love that because there, there have been times that I've written a song and somebody listened to it and they're like, hey, can you tell me what that's about? What was going on? And there's a part of me that's like, I mean, I could tell you, I, I'm not saying that there's no meaning in there, but there is a part of you that's kind of like, dude, can't I just write a song about maybe this is the way somebody would feel if this happened, like a love lost. That I that was never my personal experience, but you want to try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, see through their lens and maybe write it so it's this different character. And so you saying it that way, it's so funny because while that's a bit subconscious in my mind, we all do associate that the person singing the song, not even the person who wrote it, the person who's singing this song, this is their life experience. For whatever reason, it's because we're connecting. We're humans and we're connecting with another human song. And so you put them in that place. And I think that that's important. So when the narrator, to use your term, is, is talking about you, because there's a you in this. I'm, I really am interested, how do you interpret the you? Who is the you? Not necessarily. Maybe, maybe both. I should, I should actually clarify a little more. Who do you think the you was to her, to the narrator, and who is the you to you when you listen to this? That's a great question,
1: and also just to um, bring some resolve to. Not- resolve but just to tag along to what you were saying I think often with songwriters too they do sing about their own experiences you know what I mean so I don't think you know and I think you're right that
0: probably it, most of the time
1: yeah most of the time and so it's, it's more like kind of just like my training and tendency but it really helps me you know have uh, more of an unbiased approach when you're analyzing the song the songwriting because then you can focus on the character and theme a lot more instead of being kind of you know diluted by oh but but that didn't happen in their life so that must not be about that you know and i'm also a fan i know we've talked about this before but i want to answer your question by opening with the concept of the art transcending the artist i'm a big fan of that now i wasn't before but i think there is power in if the if the author had certain intention and meaning but someone else got something different out of it right I don't think that that is a worthless interpretation, right? Because the simple concept of Brandi Carlisle writing this song and me interpreting it, how I do and how powerful that was for my life. I would, I would be quite certain that if I told her like, Hey, I totally missed the theme here, but this is what it did for me in, in in my life. She'd probably be like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? She wouldn't be like, you know what? you need to go back and not have that cathartic <laughs> moment because that's not what I meant. So to answer your question, the you, uh, for the narrator, I, I, it's tempting to, to interpret it like this for me, for the narrator, in the where are you now? Do you let me down? Do you make me grieve for you? I feel like it then switches from one person to another person when it says, do I make you
0: proud? Do you get me now? Am I your pride and joy? I could not agree more. I'm, Dude, you got I, I that think too? I okay. did. I'll, I'll explain later, but I just want you to know, I love that. Be- that's exactly how I would interpret it. Those first three questions are from or to somebody different than the next three are. That's the way I, I got it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so it, it seems like almost, okay, it seems like it's, um, I know I use this word often and I'm going to tire it out, but that's okay because I love the concept. I feel like there's a hinging principle here. I feel like it's doing multiple things at once, and one thing is, I feel like there may be a parental to child theme. You know what I mean? Um, am I your pride and joy? But I also think that there could be a reflection of self too. You know, of of you know, asking asking yourself. You know, do I make you proud? Do you get me now? You know, am I your pride and joy? Um, so the you. I wouldn't be surprised if the narrator meant the you to mean just one specific person and if this was all. But for me, you know, I I picture someone who's, you know, past or or almost maybe someone who's passed on. I did read in a little bit of scrubbing. I think on Genius it mentioned this and I found it somewhere else that her father died when she was younger. Um, uh, But do you make me grieve for you? That's a really tough one for me to interpret. What about, what about you? Let's, let's
0: get to you. The, there's definitely a, um, you can definitely look at this through the lens of somebody that has passed on, and now you're, you're singing from that sorrow. But 100%, I like to listen to this song through the lens of somebody reflecting on their life, their younger self, and now their older self. And this is 100% the lens I, wanna, I, I listen to this through is a conversation with yourself. And so those first three questions um, for the chorus where the former or the past self, let's say the, the teen, the, the young 20s, mid 20s, says to me, hey, where are you now? Do you let me down? Meaning I've got some of these childhood dreams that I wanna be this, I wanna be on this stage, I wanna impress this many people, I want all this, I wanna do these things. So they say, where are you now? Do you let me down? Hey, are you just working a nine to five and you gave up on some level of whatever? Uh, Do you make me grieve for you, that former self? Should I be grieving for you because you didn't accomplish all the things you set out to accomplish earlier in life? And then the now, the next three is yourself now. Hey, do I make you proud? Do you get me now? Am I your pride and joy? And what I love about that is in a level of self-discovery, as we've talked about in many of these, is when your, your former self is, is trying to say to, to yourself now, um, hey, man, don't let me down. Are you, are you, uh, uh, you know, am I going to have to, is there going to have to be some level of grieving? If you in your current self can say to your past self, hey, do you get me now? Like there's this life thing is maybe very different than us just trying to, you know, it, as we've discussed so many times, just trying to, to f- put this thing in your head to go out and grab and go out and do whatever. There, there's, as you get older and as you, honestly, as you have kids and build a family and find joy in many other things, when you say, am I your pride and joy? I want to say to my younger self, Dude, look, there's so much that's accomplished now with having, with having a family or, or, or being able to explore pe- the things you're passionate about, no matter how you're making money, no matter how you're going out, no matter where you're working. You know, to to be able to 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 live a life that you can enjoy those things that you that you can be proud of. Some of those, um, I like to look at this. Although there's a lot of sorrow in her voice, because there's a lot of sorrow in growing up, dude. There's a lot of sorrow in just realizing what what life is about and trying to kind of discover the the why we're here and and what the hell is really going on here. There's a ton of sorrow in life, but it's it's just jam packed with moments of of joy and surrounded by good people that can share that, that can, that can share some of the sorrow in their voices and their story with you. And just want to tell you, I just want to tell my teenage self, like, dude, don't get caught up in if 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 you're not playing in a band live, going where, you know, doing whatever that, you know, oh, you abandoned some level of a dream. No, 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 no. Am I your pride and joy? Check this thing out. And that's, that's a bit of what I, what I kind of see. And, and uh, <clears throat> yes, you could, you could also, you could really, it, it, somebody could be uh, actually saying all of those statements to somebody that's passed on. But in a way, my 18-year-old self is dead, you know, and, and having that conversation and sorting out within yourself, you know, a, am I your pride and joy? And, and although it might be different than what your 18-year-old self would have wanted you to be, Oh man, I'd like to teach that kid a thing or two. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I man, we're just on the we're just on the wavelength right now, so I'm gonna uh, enjoy it. But to that to that notion about the past reflection, um, this is my favorite lyric. And man, it's sometimes um, so as an aspiring writer, there's a multitude of reactions I have when I come across literature that just gets me going. This is one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I would have wrote that. And I don't, I don't get that. I really don't get that feeling often. My most common one when I'm confronted with just profoundly written sentences and just literature is like, I'll never be like that. You know, like I'll never be able to write like that. It's like this whole process I got to work through. And it's like, that's fine. That's fine that you might not be, you know, some Writing Prodigy, like it's okay, you know. Um, so that's my whole, you know, stuff I got to work through. But all your mountains turn to rocks, all your oceans turn to drops. Man, I was just like, golly. And
0: one of the things that, dude, b- I, can I can I say because I did you not like that part? No, no, no. This is so funny. This is so funny. I love that you like that. I actually, in my mind, I knew you were going to mention those lyrics. Okay, first off, I already knew you were going to mention those letters. But I cannot get out of my head on that line I can, because rocks, and I love the imperfect rhyme of drops. Dude, I cannot get out of my mind that I want her to say, all your mountains turn to rocks, all your oceans soak your socks. <laughs> Dude, I cannot get the word socks out of my head on that line but it's a it, i'm really really sorry to put that out in the ether and just sour your favorite lyrics i'm so sorry but it's one of the i have when we're breaking these down i kind of have to say like my mind will not stop saying socks <laughs> It just will not stop. I can't get it to stop every time it goes there. I just like, she's not going to say socks this time and it's bothering me, but it would make no sense if she did. It's just, I can't get it out of my head. I, that's why we have these. I have to let you know that
1: dude. I hope there's a moment where I'm just having a really tough time and I turn brain, turn on Brandy Carlisle specifically so I can get like a cry in or something and and I think of that, and it just makes my day. Because that's going to happen oh, now, dude. You have I'm you so have tainted I put that in the, I know. you have tainted that part, and and I'm I hoping it turns out okay. I, I hope this it turns <laughs> out okay because it might not. This is I might foil resent our, you. I know this is
0: going to foil our friendship. You're never going to be able to do this again. I had to take the risk, though. It was it was on my mind so much. I had to take the
1: risk. Dude, in three months from now, we'll, we'll we'll have had just nothing but like small chatter at work, and you're going to look over at me and be like. Socks. the socks wasn't it
0: You're like yeah <laughs> dude see i yeah. knew you were gonna mention that line i didn't think it was gonna be your favorite lyric and now i feel like i feel like a special ass now but uh no that's great it, it in 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 all sincerity though it really is the all your mountains turn to rocks and all your oceans turn to drops really is uh a, a, a fantastic lyric dude all your oceans turn to drops is such a great line
1: dude and I wonder, okay, I, th- I think there's a number of things at play there, but one of the one of the things I wonder is if that struck me as that kind of phenomenon. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I've not experienced this much, honestly, because growing up in a military family, I moved a lot. So I haven't returned to places where I was like really small, but even when I was in ninth and 10th grade, Janesville, Wisconsin, and, and then I, I moved out of state and came back, things that I remember being larger were smaller. You know, and less intense, dude.
0: Yeah, that, I that, had that same moment. I went to Utah and I saw my grandma's house, and I remember being at this massive place, and it was tiny.
1: It's crazy. It is. It's a it's a it's a really crazy phenomenon. Um, I experienced it. You know, I had a friend one time, and and we went somewhere, and I think we were like went into their school. We went into like an old elementary school for a church service, and she was like, like really thrown off. She's like, oh my gosh. Like she actually asked a lady if this was the same, you know, auditorium or whatever, because she was like, this is like an eighth of the size that I remember it. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing, but so inconsistency, like to the theme, all your mountains turn to rocks, all your oceans turn to drops. They are nothing like you thought you can't be something you are not. It it just has this way of not demeaning it, but putting things into perspective In a very peaceful way, I feel like there is an absolute endurance to this song that just doesn't take the significance of the day away, but also kind of puts the passing of time into perspective. And there is a sadness, and I think it was Dostoevsky that um, made a, a comment somewhere along the lines of like, I don't understand how people can live in this world and not have a deep sadness, you know? Hmm. And, you know, many of us are fortunate to not, you know, have to, have to deal with a lot of, you know, plight, like right in front of us, you know, on the day to day. But even, you know, man, even, even us that, you know, don't have to worry about our next meal or our next place to sleep or whatever. Like I'm, I'm a, a,
0: there's a burden
1: there. there's, there's yeah. a burden, and there's just all different sorts of spiritual problems and different levels. Like when people, yeah. when people, you know, kind of, you know, talk about people with a lot more money and a lot more this and a lot more that, you know, I, one of the thoughts that I have is like, well, those people commit suicide too. You know what I no, mean? really. Those people are on this earth, and so they still have those, those really strong voids in their life too. You know?
0: That's how I actually. That's how I define a demon. I, I mean whatever anybody would think a demon is that that's exactly what a demon is to me is, is just that, that burden, that thing that you're, that you, you do, de- because dude, you, you could, you know, you could have a closet full of clothes and silk bed sheets and three cars in the garage and, but there's still a demon, dude. There's, it's just, there's something there. There's a sorrow that's there and people deal with that. And it's, it's, it's how you can deal with that and the people you can surround yourself with to, to help, to help get through those kinds of things, you know. And I, I want to get back a little bit to the uh, to that point that you made. You know, um, I, I find that it's it's funny because I haven't listened to this song as many times as you, I'm certain of it. Although I did listen to it, you know, the 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 15 to 20 times or so in preparation for this, just just playing it, playing it. But I just want to say I, I love how you pointed out in here that. You know, even though the theme for me that I love to listen to this through the lens of somebody with their former self, I mean, my goodness, that really helps reinforce it when it says all your mountains turn to rocks and all your oceans turn to drops because you're correct. When you when you look at that childhood home that you thought, you know, in your mind, man, man, it's 3,000 square feet. The way that it would feel in your mind is it's got to be a 3,000 square foot home. And then you look at it and it's 1,300 square feet and you're just like, whoa that's that is that parallel you know your your mountains were rocks and your oceans were drops um man i I really like that thought i didn't I didn't really grab that but it kind of it it does help it does help add, add to that i I want to say um though before it's funny this is the second time you've you've gone to a verse and I want to reference the one before it um, <clears throat> she puts in here uh th- this is. I, I'm going to get to my favorite lyric here. Yeah. Um, my favorite lyric on this was uh, "There are no warnings, only signs." Then you know that you're you're um, then you know that you're alone. You're not a child anymore, but you're still scared. So when she says there are no warnings, only signs, um, and then you know that you're alone, that was a bit of kind of how even my deconstruction of my own faith and, and just growing up was, you know, there aren't any warnings along the way. You know, there's no big red flashing lights. This is an emergency. But there's something that might have happened. There's something that might have, like, said, okay, here's here's a little nugget of information that you can't realize or digest right now. But then maybe a couple of years later, a few years later, you reflect back and you're like, oh, that was a sign. That was a that was kind of a little bit of of maybe a, a confirmation of a thought or of a feeling that you had, some kind of a realization. And without giving a specific example, there are just these signs that were kind of like, oh, okay, I'm alone. And so how she puts this, there are no warnings, only signs, then you know that you're alone, you're not a child anymore, but you're still scared. And I think in those short four sentences can be a little bit of a summation of, kind of how I discovered my own walk with God was, like, there were no major warnings that made me just ditch the idea. But then, like, as soon as I kind of realized, all right, I'm putting a lot of my insecurities in life, um, I think some of them really kind of, you know, my my birth mother, I never really knew. I saw her when we moved from Utah to Wisconsin. Um, I was in fourth grade, and... Um, I think we went back to visit Utah, uh, the year after that we went back to visit and I think I saw her, but then that was the last time I saw her in life. And I have some memories, you know, I have some memories of, of being with her and stuff, not many, but some, but like, I think there were some insecurities in that, that probably at a young age in my formative years that I had to deal with. And I probably put some of those insecurities onto Christ when I was in, in the church, And so, because I didn't really know my birth mother, going through um, my walk with God, when I began to question him, going about it alone, look, I had great people in my life. I I had my dad I could also rely on that I had great conversations with. But those insecurities that I had, maybe not knowing my birth mother, I couldn't then put those on my dad. I was I was kind of too old to, like I just they didn't belong there. Maybe I would have done that if if like I didn't have if I didn't have Jesus or God to put those insecurities on. I probably would have put them on my dad or somebody else. And so I was too old to put them on somebody else. I, I was at this moment where it's just like I I I have to take on those insecurities now because I'm, if I'm going to question God or question my faith. I can't just find somebody else. I can't put them on my wife. I can't put them on my kids. I can't let them out in anger. I need to figure this out. and so um i I, I really as I did some self-discovery, I think that that's I think that that's kind of where I put some of those insecurities was was uh, was on God. And so when I questioned my idea of God, i had I, I had to I had to do something with those insecurities. and so there were these signs along the way of just kind of I just kind of had started to realize, oh, me acting in this way, or memorizing these verses, or getting a tattoo of this chapter of the Bible. Like, there's there's certain things along the way that I just kind of began to realize, like, oh, I'm putting some of my insecurities into this. There's there was there was a level of that, and uh, for her to put on here you know, then you know that you're alone when you discover that. It's like, okay, it's just, well, I can, so only a couple of things you can do with that. You can drown in sorrow, or you can, you can begin to love yourself and figure out how you can love yourself. And, uh, you're not a child anymore, but you're still scared. So those, there's, that's pretty beautifully written in here, man. I, I really think that that's, there's, there's some depth to that, that, you know, I felt in my own life. And, um, you know, when when you when you're grown up and, and you got to take on yourself, man, um, it's a, it's a scary thing. But, <clears throat> dude, just like becoming best friends with your enemy, dude, find a way to love yourself, man. Find a way to love it. And you know she has a she has a lyric after the the mountains and oceans where she says, "Life is not a looking glass. Don't get tangled in your past." Um. Those are some good words, man. I mean, and anybody can hear that. Hey, don't get tangled with some of the stuff in the past. But if, if you can find a way to, to, to abandon some of the child, some of the toxic childhood thoughts of. Dreaming that you might feel you had abandoned, or you know some of the 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 wrongs you did to other people that you you still haven't settled in your mind and 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 some of the wrongs people did to you or the relationships that you've lost or whatever those are man if if you just continue to dwell on those things and and don't don't learn don't learn to love yourself and move on from them um what a cool way to you know life is not a looking glass it's a cool way to put it
1: so i'm gonna go off of that don't get tangled in your past. Um, I I wanna share uh, a bit of an experience I had with this song and how it related um, to, so for anyone listening, I'm a recovering addict, part of um, Narcotics Anonymous. It's a 12-step program. Step eight and nine are about making amends, right? Step eight is uh, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and step nine, if I can think, um, you know, we made amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, is what I believe it is. Word for word. If not, I apologize. So you make a list and then and then you work on making an amends. And and so with NA, we have this workbook. It's awesome, man. There were like international conferences that helped put together this workbook and with a bunch of professionals and, and a bunch of recovering addicts and So there's, you know, like 40, 50 questions. I'm not sure how many there are in the eighth step, but it really guides you through the wrongs that you have made and in the people that you've harmed and including yourself. And I think this song has a lot to do with allowing ourselves to be wounded. And then through that, we can experience the healing, you know, so don't get tangled in your past. For me, I feel like one thing the narrator is saying is like, but allow the past to kind of take hold of you and allow it to do what it needs to do so that you don't get tangled up in it. You know, stop trying to control it, stop trying to feel it in certain ways or do certain things to smother it. Right. Feel those wounds. Right. Um, and, and it's kind of like the premise of surgery, you know, first it, it wounds and then it heals. And so I'm, I'm working my eighth and ninth step and I'm going over to my sponsor's house to talk about my ninth step. And it's, 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 it's just a lot to look at all the people that I have, I have harmed and to do it in a way that is honest and without blame. Because it's, it's, very, it's very tempting to look at the things that I've done to harm my sisters, to harm my mother, my father, my close friends. It's very tempting to look at all that and say... Well, it's because of this, or it's because I was hurting over this, or or what have you. And I won't go down to the path too much, but I was listening to this song on my way to my sponsor's house before going over my nine-step questions. And it's um, kind of a country road, bucolic setting, very, very gorgeous drive. And I had this moment where I felt proud of the person that I was working on becoming. And I felt pride through allowing myself to say, man, these are things that I have done. And I am sorry for them. I feel sorry for them. And to allow it to just be left at that, you know? And so uh, tonight, actually, um, I was I was talking with one of my younger sisters. And um, you know who you are if you're listening. And man, it was... Um, you know, I won't get into too much of the relationship or, or anything that I've done, but we had a very powerful, because the second part of the ninth step is, you know, you go over your questions with your sponsor, you you go over things and get prepared, and there's there's a lot that goes into it, but actually physically making amends, and I had called you to make some amends with you before, mm-hmm. but man, I called my sister and, 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 and it was, you know, quite the conversation, and I got off the phone and then listened to this song a few more times because I knew we were going to talk about it. And just allowing, you know, man, if I had it, just like you just said, if I had advice for anyone, both to themselves and to others, man, if there's people that you've harmed, including yourself, just be sorry about that. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to be like, man, I'm sorry. And what I've learned through this process is I look at myself and different harm that I did to myself. And just like you said, it's like, man, I'm sorry, buddy, you know, and it's going to be all right, (laughs) but you're going to really have to hang in there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, There's just, there's no way to undo something that's been done, but you don't have to live a life of torment and guilt because of it either, you know, so to be sorry, and then to find a way to love yourself and to move on and to love others, um, boy, it's powerful. It's, 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 the hardest thing to do, but it's, it's powerful. You know, honestly, I I think, I think finding a way to love yourself because loving yourself is not this arrogant, egotistical thing. That's not, that's not, not even close to what I'm talking about, but to truly love yourself, the flaws that you have and be able to love each other because love other people because of, because of that. And what comes out of you um, I aspire I aspire to to love myself in a very healthy way. Um, I, I absolutely aspire to do that and and I would hope that there are many people out there that um, I am certain other people understand the struggle and how hard that can be because life is sad it it is it it, it is sad. Um, and so uh, fi- finding that, and some some peace within yourself is is imperative um I, look we haven't talked at all about the music and i don't think we have too much because i think the power behind the song it's it's in the the lyrics and in the timber in her voice and so i think we've we've done the song justice for what it was trying to accomplish in my opinion i i would say my favorite musical element and this is the piano and the reason i think it's the piano it's funny my favorite moment is actually at 12 seconds into the song, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when that piano comes in, it makes me like the song. Because you don't get to hear her voice. And I look, my introduction to Brandi Carlisle was you saying, hey, I want to do this song. So I'd never heard any of her music. And so this is the first song i had ever heard from her. And I, this is a problem with me, not with musicians in general or guitarists in general. My statement on this is is not from, you know, the guitar playing community by any means. But it is hard for me to listen to a song where the acoustic guitar is strumming on chords. There has to be some level of, of, you know, picking or just a different kind of a chord progression or an acoustic line. But there are very few songs where the acoustic guitar is just strumming basic chords that can draw any level of emotion out of me. It is just, it it's tough. And so when that piano comes in, there was this sense of relief almost for me that was like, oh yes, okay, okay, this isn't just gonna be somebody singing over an acoustic guitar strumming chords because it would be hard for me to separate my, my mind from that. But also the piano, the the this the way it, it without it, man. I I wouldn't I wouldn't like this song much, man. I really wouldn't like this song much without the piano. And I find it interesting that uh, um, hold he, up. I, what about the strings too? Do those help you like I, the song? Or? I like them, but here's the difference. Here's the difference because I I, I um if Brandy Carlisle would have just sang this song over an acoustic guitar. I would have maybe had to call you and say I don't know if I can do this song, Michael. <laughs> and I listen. I hope hope I I truly hope based on all the stuff that we've talked about so far that you could understand. I truly like this songs, but if she would have just sang it over piano, I'd have loved it, dude. Loved it. So that's the difference. That's what I mean. Like the strumming of the acoustic chords for some reason in my it just in me, it just—I I just don't like it. But that piano, the way that it sounds, dude, I want to hear the song just her on the piano. I feel like it would pull, you know, do you know um, uh, The Parts by Manchester Orchestra? Right? I know you know that song. I just, I just, sorry, I made that face.
1: That, I made that face because I was just thinking about this.
0: It's just such yeah, a gorgeous song. That song would be worse if it were full band. It, the the how it's mixed with just the solemn guitar that's further in the background, and then his voice, just the melody, and it just carries it over. That song is done perfectly, and to me, this song, if she's just singing over piano, man, I started hearing that, and then when the strings come in, if maybe just a lone cello would come in over piano, dude, there'd be just be beautiful. And so there are elements in this song that that I think um, it, it really is a beautiful song, and her voice is is amazing. Um, But uh, 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 this is, I I guess this is kind of a nerd level detail, although I don't think it's very nerdy. It's more of an observation. But uh, the choice of not having drums in this song is odd to me. And I find it funny because the, I, at first I thought, well, there's no percussion in this at all. But actually, in the second verse, it's indistinguishable to my ears. There's either a kick drum or it's a low tom. There's some kind of a drum, and it's providing just this, just just a a, a simple, really low in the mix beat. And I had to push my headphones kind of close to my ears when I'm listening. I'm like, I got to make sure if I'm going to make the claim that this song has no percussion, I got to make sure there's none actually in here. And there actually is a drum. Just beating whether it's a kick drum or a, or a or a tom um for that second verse, but I can't even hear if it's in the end at all when when and and what is providing the rhythm is uh, uh the acoustic do you do you do you know what rhythm is Michael I believe so okay <laughs> I don't have it. I know that <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know it's basically a, a way to put it for this is there's got to be something that keeps a steady beat, because there's a lot of instrumentation at the end, or there, maybe a lot isn't the right way to put it, but with having multiple instruments going in there, there's something's got to carry the beat. Something's got to be the rhythm section, and it's it's the acoustic guitars, man, and acoustic guitars are fantastic for keeping rhythm. They really are, because they're kind of a percussive instrument. And so, because there's no real distinguishable percussion because that kicker, that floor time that's going on in the verse, I honestly cannot tell if it's going through the end. I don't I don't think it's there, which makes it even more odd that it's there on the second verse. It's just it's just odd for the choice for it. But then having the acoustic guitars be the percussive instruments at the end um, is it's very cool, but there's there's a part of me though, I will be honest. There's a part of me that if they would have just brought the drums in and just rocked, just drums, just just you know banging on that open ride cymbal while the strings are going, uh, it would have, it, yeah, it would have almost felt a little sleeping at last ish kind of. They 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 have a lot of the similar elements with the same kind of vibe, maybe a similar chord progression kind of a thing, but um, just an odd choice that they didn't have any percussion. I thought
1: so. Before we run out of time, I, I want to tag just a few things real quick. The the one is the the lyrics. Um, and she says, I believe this to be true. There's nothing sacred, nothing new. I'm going to refer to him as Jeff because that is his name. Okay. But he is my first literature professor and a huge, just a huge mentor continually in my life. We talk every month and... Um, I have gleaned so much from him. And I'll never forget, I, I, I remember so many things about, it's funny, man, because I took a lot of courses around that time in my early 20s, and there are many classes that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, but I don't have snapshots, snapshots of a lot of things that happened. There are so many moments in Jeff's classes that just like, clearly they, they took a hold of me because I can remember them and they've meant so much. Man, one of the first times we just talked about the basic principle of why, Why is literature so relevant from so long ago? You know, why? And it's because it's a commentary on the human experience, right? So as technology changes, as economy changes, one would think that it almost completely just overrides the human experience and completely transforms it. But that doesn't show to be true in the progression of literature. You know, of course there's different social and political and, you know, economic commentary, all the same principles are written about right they're just expressed in different ways in different cultures and so you know shakespeare um so much of shakespeare is just so relevant in different ways now because it's commenting on the human experience and so there's this stoicism when she says you know i believe this to be true there's nothing sacred nothing new no one tells you when it's time and then it goes into there are no warnings only signs I don't feel like there's any sort of mocking or minimizing or anything like that. It's, it's, it's almost just stripping down all the distractions, stripping down all the, you know, um, aesthetic, right. Of, of the day and just exposing time as a principle, you know what I mean? It's taking away all the material components of this existence and having us focus on time, right? There's nothing new about this, right? You're born, you live, and you die. And let's reflect on that. And man, just the way she says it. So I just wanted to mention that as a
0: as a principle. Um, my best, my favorite musical moment. Um, no, hey, t- t- take us home, because I, I realized I got all of my stuff out. So dude, put it all out. Okay, um, my favorite musical um,
1: element really is her voice which we've talked about and and my favorite moment is when she sings in carry me again and at at the end of the second stanza the way she draws out the word carry with her singing you know and gets high um the transition between that delicate moment and then the piano strings and guitar all coming into the chorus you know is just man it, it just that's another thing that just you know thuds my chest um And so when it comes to, you know, I talked about my favorite lyric when it comes to life application. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked about it before, you know, allow, you know, allow ourselves to be wounded in a productive fashion. Um, if that makes any sense, you know, it, it it doesn't do yourself, you know, it doesn't do myself or anyone else much good. If, if I wallow for too long and the word wallow, um, you know, we need to feel our feelings, right? Like I was I was raised in an environment where um, in, in a pretty extreme way, that wasn't much of an option as a child. And so I've had to do some rewiring, you know, and yeah, it's, it's very important to allow ourselves to feel offended, allow ourselves to be upset, all these things, right? But it doesn't do anyone any good if we're just stuck on it, right? So we got to find a way. But with our past, I mean, man, who are we other than... <laughs> You know, a compilation of how we reconcile with our past. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's essentially you know uh, who we are in many ways, and so allowing ourselves to feel the way we felt and be able to vocalize it, um, there is a, if, at least for me, there is a freedom in that when we're able to do that. And and I will say, and this, this is just my personal experience. I don't think the song is speaking about this um, too much, but. One thing I've learned in my experience in recovery and observation of others is um, resentments against yourself and others can just keep you really sick, you know? And you can't escape them. Just like you said, what's done is done. So if you hurt someone, if you wronged someone, if you wronged yourself, um, unless you address it, it, it's, it just festers. So, um, you know, I encourage myself and anyone else to do something about that. And, and when doing something about that, to, get, to give a lot of hope, man, I was really frightened when I started working on my eighth and ninth step. Cause I was like, man, I did a lot of damage and I'm not going to feel too good about myself as a person when I'm done with this. And I'm kind of scared of that. Cause I'm a really, you know, I, man, I've had some, some seriously negative, you know, self thought, you know, y- you know, my past. So I was like, man,
0: I hope this doesn't kind of wreck me, but it's been pretty liberating. So. Well, I, <clears throat> I appreciate you sharing that. I think what's cool about this too, man, is, um, you know, we purposefully chose some of the first songs we were breaking down. We purposefully chose some, some artists and some songs that we both would be like, all right, we know we can talk about these. We, we both really like them. And to have you share an artist in Brandy Carlisle that I hadn't listened to, I think is, uh, kind of a, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun challenge as, as it was a fun challenge for me because I had a, I had to kind of, listen and put something together and it kinda the, the whole the whole format of how this has turned out, I look forward to hearing more new music through this. And and not only hearing it, but truly listening to it. And and hearing what they have to say and and kind of it's it's a window while you and I know each other very well and we could have very candid conversations, it's almost like another window to peek through because some of the topics that it brings up. Sure, we discuss some things here and there, but um, to hear a song so meaningful to you, and uh, uh, to be able to kind of experience why with you, and 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 hear how it, hear how it comes out of you, man, I think a cool side effect from this is being able to hear new good music. That although we've known each other for a while, um, I, I I just I love that I love that we're able to do this, and that you were able to bring a song. That was even new to me and and, and for us to do this man what a cool side effect i'll be able to discover even new music through this <laughs> so i
1: appreciate it yeah hey man I, I do too the same is happening for me